3: I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money Starts Now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Cray America. I'd be one to make friends. I'm just trying to keep you from losing a lot of money. My job is also not just to entertain, but to educate, teach, put these days, wild days, into context. So call me. One eight hundred seven four three CNBC or tweet me constructively at Jim Cramer. In times of crisis, and with the Dow plummeting another thirteen hundred and thirty eight points today, S P plunging five point one eight percent, Nasdaq nosediving four point seven zero percent. We're in a real doozy of a crisis. You simply cannot do enough to help make things better. Our government should always err on the side of doing too much in these situations because you don't. Beat a pandemic by thinking small, not unless you get very, very lucky. And so far, we, we've been about as unlucky as it gets. Everything's going wrong at once. So in the interest of being constructive on a very destructive day, although we finished well off the lows, let me tell you what I think needs to happen to stop the tsunami of selling of stocks in your portfolio. Here's what I mean when I say we need to think big, and I mean huge much bigger than the trillion in change in aid we've been uh, hearing about, although it was terrific to see a bill pass the Senate with massive bipartisan support that will help the cause. First, the government has basically mandated that bars and restaurants close down to stop the spread of the virus. That's $309 billion in lost wages, or it was in 2018, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis. It's more now. Payrolls in hotels and lodging, $87 billion. Entertainment, $63 billion. Airlines, $59 billion. All of those jobs are in danger. Many are already gone. So what do we need to do? We need to write checks directly to those workers. We can't afford to tear the fabric of society just because of some virus that might be beaten in a couple of months. Nobody's done anything to deserve this. This is the time to throw money at people. Lifelines. And we got to do it fast. If that means we have to send checks to everybody in America rather than doing something more targeted, and that takes longer to figure out, I say go for it. Worst case, we end up helping some people who don't need it. That is a high-quality problem. How about small, medium sized businesses? Treasury Secretary Mnuchin is doing a good job. He's talked about business interruption insurance. He spoke to me today, uh, uh, earlier uh, in the morning. He, he said we should do it, make the payments, make them weekly. I don't know. I want to make them weekly. Otherwise, when this is over, only the big chains will be left. They'll be the only ones standing. You know, there's a reason why the stock of Walmart was up three dollars and thirty two cents today. Nearly an all time high when the market was busy getting clobbered. Think of that. We should be handing over cash, not loans. I mean, who the heck wants to take out a loan to stay open when your business doesn't make that much money, if any at all? I, I now own a closed restaurant and a closed bar. The last thing I want to do right now is layer on more debt. Uh, it would be one thing if we were open, but we're not. The government will let us. Next big thing, aerospace. Boeing is America's most important manufacturer. It's responsible for our greatest export and employs 2 million people, either directly or indirectly. Cost of saving them, $60 billion. We should pay it, but take a big chunk of change in equity in exchange. But Boeing wants more help and needs to apply to another big think- idea, the new normal. The new normal deal, this is kind of like the new deal, a $2 trillion government bank funded by a $500 billion in 30-year Treasuries auction, which would be lapped up like, man, we need 30 years, and a Social Security fund. That's right. You take it from the Social Security fund. Right now, it's sits in cash. A lot of countries have sovereign wealth funds. We should do the same thing. Why not? Eventually, we'll beat the coronavirus. Everyone knows that. But almost no investor has the resources to save these companies aside from the federal government. Once this pandemic is over, most stocks will bounce back with a vengeance. This could be the single greatest buying opportunity since the bottom during the financial crisis. But only the government has enough capital and wherewithal to tie these companies over until the economy can recover. I don't know if it's the bottom, but the government can determine. Of course, yes, it can still go lower, but you know what I mean. I, the objectors are already—they're in my head. Stop it! Get out of there. Of course, we should impose conditions on any business we invest in: no buybacks, no dividends. Mark Cuban, good call there. They have to accept a government board member. Put that person on the audit committee. Pretty much the same concessions they give to any other major shareholder. Hey, don't think of it as state interference. Think of it as normal activist investing. Huge thing. Give the Federal Reserve unlimited authority to buy every corporate bond that it believes it's worth saving. I know that's subjective and we're supposed to dislike that. I don't care. If the Fed buys your bonds, your company saved. Oh, and the Fed should keep giving the banks the credit lines they need to stay solvent during the downturn. Inexpensive lifeline. Those stocks are obviously going to sheer hell. You look at them, so do I. More big thing. What are the major pressure points right now, like one, collapse in oil prices. Demand may collapse. Some of it has to do with lower demand, but that's not why crude plummeted to $20 and change today. The real culprit, the Russians and the Saudis, they started a price war. We are the target. It's to wipe out American producers, in part because they're just busy being very petty. I think it's in our national interest to get the price of oil back to above 30 which would save our thriftiest oil companies. You know, the thriftier ones will do okay, not great, while still letting the irresponsible ones go under. $30 oil is still incredibly cheap, so I think the president should just pick up the phone right? Phone Saudi Arabia and explain that they'll no longer be under our protection unless they allow prices to rise again. Cheap way to save a huge chunk of the industry that a lot of people are employed in. I want energy independence for our nation. Next big thing. Let's get all the quarantine space we need. Commandeer as many hotel rooms as possible. Boy, I tell you there's tons of them. They're going begging. Not like anyone's using them. Buy as many motor coaches as possible. Start building containment hospitals and army bases. Advertise that we need hundreds of thousands of people to put them together. That's right. Show the world what we can do, not just the Chinese cranes looking so all powerful. Thanks. We know there's a tremendous backlog of COVID cases that we'll learn about in the next few weeks. With every new negative data point, this market's going to go lower. Trust me. But if we build these facilities with American made equipment, we can make sure that everyone who gets sick can get the treatment they need. Love them or hate them. President Trump is a real estate developer, he knows how to build things. We're going to have a gigantic amount of unemployment in this country. So uh, this would be a great time for a big public works program. Next, we're waiting on our scientists to develop treatments for this thing and a vaccine. We should stop at nothing to help them. they need a clinical trial, make sure they get all the patients they need. Do it fast. These things are expensive. Government take care of it. Write the checks. Government should be fighting these trials. Once we find a drug that works, we should manufacture it en masse with Uncle Sam covering the cost. If we even think it's working, we should make it en masse so it's ready the moment that the test really does clear through every single authority. Last one, if I have to hear one more person talk about how it's hard it is to get tested. I am going to tear out what's left of my hair. We need to do whatever it takes to get these tests out there and get people the results back in four hours. I don't know. I saw one at the close. Guy does it in ten minutes. Back it! Something quick. Solve this! That way you can go back to work. Stay back at work until the next time you need to be tested. Look, commerce is on hiatus full stop. If If we want there to be an economy to come back to when the hiatus is over, we need to think big! Until we get some of these changes, I bet we'll have, keep having days like today where hunting for a bull market, like I say, remember, always it's like searching for a recession-proof needle in a haystack. Let me make one last argument. If you don't want to do these things to help your fellow citizens, right, how about this? We should do them to keep China from eclipsing the United States as a global superpower, which they will most certainly be. They'll be bigger and more powerful than we'll be. They've already beaten the virus, as we'll hear from Starbucks later tonight. The rest of the world's looking to China for leadership, not us. It's got to be it's going to be permanent. It's going to be permanent if we don't get our act together. The bottom line, we have no choice but to win. It's time to dust off your Churchill. Study your FDR. The only way to beat this pandemic is to go on more footing here. There is no danger of doing too much. No one's ever going to criticize Secretary Mnuchin, Chairman Powell or the president because he didn't spend because he, no one's going to criticize him because he spent too much money. They won't criticize if you spend too little. There is a huge risk of doing too little. So please, everyone, everyone, think big. TJ in California, TJ.
1: yeah, I got Moderna, MRNA. Uh, they tested their COVID vaccine on the first patient. Uh, they're at 20%. What do you think?
3: I happen to like the people from Moderna. I like the, look, this is one that's now gotten, obviously, it's one of five, you know, it's like with Zoom and Moderna, it's about all we have. But Moderna's a real company. We've interviewed them twice. I always wanted to come back on the show. Gilead, please come on the show. I know one wants to give false hope, but Moderna's got great technology. They're doing a good job. I like them. Let's go to Diane in New York, please. Diane. Jim, hi. Hi, Diane. Um, given the virus that's surrounding us, I'm wondering about a stock called Teladoc. I like TeleDoc. We recommended TeleDoc for as one of our stay-at-home uh, situations. We had a private company last night that's doing very well. You know what? I, uh, Medicare put out a release today about you about how they're going to fund Tele. Uh, tele. I can't believe I read that. Got the, got the Medicare release. Got it on email. Made me feel very old. How about Emil in L- Illinois, Emil? Hey Jim, how you doing? I, I think with everything. That- I think with
2: everything that happened this past month, I need to get a booyah. Booyah!
3: Well, it's better than some old bay hot sauce in the eye. What's going on?
1: So my question is about Twitter. With their past earnings report showing promise, the conflict between CEO Jack Dorsey and the activists being
4: settled, everyone staying inside because of the virus, and the presidential election coming up, why is Twitter still following the overall market sell-off?
3: Well, I mean, first of all, we got to be careful because you know they're not taking a lot of political advertising there, but at twenty-two. You know what? That's an interesting idea. I mean, that's the problem. Every our, I did a conference call today for ActionWordsPlus.com club members and everything I hit up. I said, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Actually, there's a plethora of interesting. But Twitter is interesting. And I think the stock has come down a lot. But you know what? We had Sheryl Sandberg on last night and Facebook's been obliterated. That's my favorite. OK, there's no danger to doing too much. There's only danger in doing too little. Think big. On Man Money Tonight, I'm sitting down with the CEO of Starbucks to talk about its coronavirus response, the move to reopen China stores, and its big buyback. Then as grocery store shelves sit empty, could the maker of Spam and Jiffy make sense here? I've got the exclusive with Hormel. And as more and more people work from home, I'm talking with the CEO of Logitech to see how its products are helping with the new deal normal. Stay with
2: Kramer.
0: Your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpresscom Business Gold Card.
2: Fact Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also, a fact smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com to start saving.
3: Earlier today, one of Kramer faves, Starbucks, held its annual shareholder meeting. Except that it did it online because anything else would have been irresponsible. This was supposed to be, and still is, a celebration of the coffee chain's 50th year anniversary. But with the rapid spread of COVID-19, it ended up being about what the company's doing to stop the spread and help its associates. I think Starbucks is being a model employer here. They're giving their workers paid sick leave, catastrophe pay, and a new medical, I'm sorry, new mental health benefit that also extends to their families. Meanwhile, the company's shifting to a to-go model in North America, to cope with the pandemic. There was also some good news. 90% of their stores in China are now back in business, which is, I find, very reassuring. Do not take it from me, though. Let's dig deeper with one of my absolute favorites. Let's go to Kevin Johnson. He's the president and CEO of Starbucks. Learn more about how he's navigating his way through this crisis. Mr. Johnson, welcome back to Mad Money.
1: Hey, Jim, thanks for having me today.
3: Kevin, first, you know, and all this craziness, can I just wish you a happy 50th? It's a pretty big deal.
1: Well, thanks, Jim. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're approaching that 50th, and we kind of laid this out as the road to the 50th, and so we're within 12 months, and uh, you know, we're, right now, we're focused on our priority, which is uh, ensuring for the health and well-being of our Starbucks partners and the customers that visit our stores. We're working hard with uh, local health officials and government leaders uh, to help them as they work to contain and mitigate this virus. And number three, we're working hard just to show up in a positive way in the 32,000 communities where our stores are located around the world. Yeah,
3: I was reading some research from about a month and a half ago, and it talked about the 15 to 18 cent headwind for China. And then I read your comments that you sent to me today about China. And I was thinking, you know what? There is. It's a river. It can be crossed. Tell us about China and how that could be what could happen to our country.
1: Yeah. Well, this is part of what gives us great confidence in how we're navigating this globally. You know, it's been about 60 days. In fact, I think it's day 58 uh, since we started working on this in China. And over that 58 day period, certainly we went we went through the valley and closed stores and we implemented new safety protocols, including, you know, this to go option in those stores in China. And over the last few weeks, we, we began reopening those stores. And, uh, you know, we said uh, two weeks ago to our investors we'd have 95 uh, percent of those stores opened, all stores in China, 95 percent open by the uh, end of March. And we're tracking ahead of that plan. So as we've looked at this, you know, clearly uh, it gives us great confidence that the strategy we've taken and the approach we've used in China is working. And so China's on the uptick. Now, certainly it's gonna take some time for, for customer occasions to keep growing, but we have a model and uh, China is recovering, you know, at or slightly above the model that we put in place. That gives us confidence. And we took all the learnings that we had in China, and we have now applied them into the United States and every other market around the world. And the learnings are, number one, if we, uh, if we implement the uh, increased uh, cleaning Uh, procedures in our stores and the protocols around that, if we go to this to-go model where customers Mm -hmm. can order mobile order or through a drive-through or in the store for takeaway, they take their beverage and food out and they don't congregate in our stores, that combined with closing some stores, for example, in the U.S. we've closed mall stores and and other stores Mm -hmm. in areas where there's clusters of outbreaks, that model works and it worked in China we're here we're here right. now roughly 60 days in we've seen that v curve and we're now on the mend in fact just yesterday uh, i got the the word from Belinda Wong in China that we started now opening some starbucks stores in hubei province and that wow. is a big accomplishment jeez
3: well they're ahead of us most certainly but it's just time perhaps we can do exactly what they did without their martial law. Let me ask you a question, Kevin. How do I know when I go to my Starbucks that the person behind the counter is healthy? I know there was an incident. It could happen to anybody, and it is happening to everybody. But I want to be sure. I want to be sure. And I also worry, look, while I'm waiting, i got people ahead of me and people behind me. What do
1: I do? Well, first of all, uh, we have worked very, very hard to make sure we prioritize taking care of our partners. And uh, we call everyone that works at Starbucks a partner. And uh, in terms of taking care of our partners, the first thing we did is we have a a uh, paid sick policy that we extended for the purpose of uh, dealing with COVID-19, which means any partner that has any symptoms or feels like they might have COVID-19, they stay home and we fully pay them. Uh, If the partner has tested positive, certainly we pay them. If they haven't had a test, but they just suspect they've been either exposed to it uh, or they're feeling some symptoms, they stay home and we pay them. If a partner is even caring for a loved one who may have been exposed or, or has been uh, confirmed to have COVID-19, we also pay them for that. So we've, we've enhanced all of the sick time. So a partner never has to choose between their health and work. They always choose their health and they stay home. That's number one. Number two, we've worked with the CDC and other uh, health, local health officials to make sure the cleanliness in the stores Things are wiped down on a regular basis. Uh, At our point of sale, we have our partners wearing uh, the rubber gloves, dealing with cash. Uh, And so we have put sort of the social distancing policies in place that we learned in China in our U.S. stores. And as we've implemented this to-go model, you know, customers come in, they take their food and beverage, and they leave. And that model has proven to work in China, and it is working in the United States.
3: Okay, so, Kevin, uh, that's exactly how I'm hoping, because that's, you know, where I go. You know where I go for my coffee. Now, there's another issue that somehow that got sticky. A good friend of mine, Mark Cuban, uh, today questioned the notion of buybacks. At the same time, your stock's been cut in half. My chapel trust has always owned Starbucks. I'm actually grateful that you're buying because, therefore, it shows me that you think it's cheap. And one other time, you told me right around this level that it was cheap, and then you caught a double. What is your view as a person who is a, a model corporate citizen, I will say that, on buybacks as the right thing to do and why this buyback right now?
1: Well, first of all, let me just say why we're so confident. Number one, uh, what we did in China worked, and we're now applying that in the U.S., and we're tracking that in the U.S. That gives us confidence. Number two, we have a strong balance sheet and the, all the financial resources we need to navigate this, uh, this situation and come out stronger as a company. You know, that said, our board yesterday approved the quarterly dividend of $0.41 cents a share, and they approved our normal share buyback. Okay. It was not, you know, what we approved yesterday was not anything uh, above and beyond our normal share buyback that we'll do over the next 18 months. This share buyback that was approved will take us through the end of fiscal year 21. So we're, we're being thoughtful and responsible. Look, we've got a strong balance sheet. We've got a triple B investment cr- uh, credit rating. I think if you look at our last earnings call, we had something like $3 billion of cash on the balance sheet. We've got another $3 billion line of credit, revolving credit. And so we've modeled every possible scenario that we think could happen, even extreme scenarios, and we're gonna be just fine. We are resilient, and we've thought that through both from how we're operating in our stores, we're resilient on the, on the balance sheet, and uh, we're gonna be just a responsible, thoughtful leader as we step-by-step go on this journey and do the right thing, starting with the right thing for our partners and our customers, and all stakeholders, including the communities we serve, as well as our loyal shareholders.
3: Uh, Last question. You've been an ambassador. Obviously, you're now going to start building stores in China. You've been a leader in the way you treat your partners. Uh, Can we get uh, uh, others to follow you? I don't know how you necessarily do that. I think you're also a step ahead of the government. How do you get the government to be like Starbucks?
1: Well, I I, got to say, through this COVID-19, it it has really dramatically increased the amount of dialogue that we are having with government, both at federal government, state level, central government, provincial level in China, as well as local health officials. And I'd say it's a very strong collaborative relationship. Look, uh, the entire planet, every human being on this planet is united in a common cause to stop the propagation and mitigate this virus. And so it gives us a common objective. And from that, I think we're, you know, we're continuing to, to both learn from and teach others how we can better work together. So right now, we're trying to pull together the, the, the content and information about what we learned in China. And I'm talking with many, many food and beverage uh, leaders in the industry and sharing what we've learned with them. And that includes how to take care of people at a t- in a time of need. And so we prioritize that, and we encourage others to do as well.
3: Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. You've always been calm in a a storm. Uh, You've done just a fabulous job. I agree with you, but you buy the stocks cheap. I gave a conference call today where I said, it's the cheap. What are you going to do? I'm trying to buy it at 37? Uh, Great job. And thank you for being a good guy and for saying some good stuff. We needed it. Good to see you, Kevin Johnson. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Wow. I feel better.
2: That money's back here for the break.
0: At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed.
3: Right, so you gotta ask yourself, what is holding up in this hideous environment? The stay-at-home economy, the packaged food companies. This is classic recession-proof group. That's even more attractive when we're forced to eat at home. Just look at Hormel, the maker of Spam, Skippy peanut butter, Applegate organic meats, Jennie-O turkey, and Hormel canned chili, among other brands. When the market was roaring yesterday, Hormel vaulted fourteen percent. When we ha- got hammered today, it was only down less than one percent. Makes sense. Spam is exactly what you'd expect people to stock up on when they're worried about being stuck in a quarantine. But is that really what's happening? Let's take a closer look with Jim Snee. He's the chairman, president, and CEO of Hormel, which does such a great job to get a better sense of how his company's faring in this stay at home world. Mr. Snee, welcome back to Mad Money.
4: Well, Jim, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be back with you.
3: All right, so, Jim, I, uh, my wife Lisa was uh, at King's at the store on Saturday, like everybody else. I come back, and there is literally a mountain of skipping, okay? And I said, why did you do that? She goes, because, well, that's what you do. I, I try to get a sense. All oh, she was like circular reasoning. I said, but why? She goes, well, because we all know. Why do we all know that this is what you buy in a quarantine? We've never been quarantined.
4: Well, I mean, we do know that, you know, in, in the current situation, uh, so many consumers are looking for good, high-quality, shelf-stable products. You know, in, in the case, just in case they are quarantined, they want to make sure that they've got good, high-quality products that are, are going to last. And I mean, we're seeing that um, across the country. We're seeing that in, in all of our retailers and you know, it's across all of our brands, all of our business. It's Spam, it's Skippy, it's Applegate, it's Genio, um, whether it's center of the store or refrigerated. Uh, we're seeing a significant uptick across so many of our businesses.
3: So many things are falling apart in this country right now, Jim. I think what's interesting is the importance of food supply availability. This is something that's still working. How come?
4: Well, I'll tell you why it's working. It's really because of the incredible team of production professionals. I know in our facilities, um, they're just absolutely amazing. There is such a spirit of responsibility and just an obligation to know that, that we play a critical role in the food supply and consumers are counting on us. But I'll tell you, we're not alone, right? I mean, the food industry has stepped up as you knew it would. And so, I mean, we're really proud of our production professionals, but it's not just us. It's the entire food industry that knows the country needs us. And so they're working tirelessly to meet the demand of our customers and our consumers.
3: There also is uh, there's an analyst, JP Morgan, a good person. I I know the person Uh, as a sell on your your company. Uh, And they are worried about the uh, African swine fever in China and uh, and what they call a headwind. I mean, hasn't the tailwind of the stay-at-home economy obliterated the headwind of the African
4: swine fever? Yeah, I I think that was top of mind three months ago. I mean, the world has changed dramatically uh, just since our last earnings call when we were talking about that. You know, as we're thinking about how the world has changed, it is making sure that we have good quality products available for consumers. Um, You know, the other thing we know that's changed is the food service industry. Right. And so the the dynamics in that industry has changed and we're doing absolutely everything that we can to work with our distributor and operator partners to make sure that we're offering them innovative and creative new product solutions as they go into this new world of delivery and takeout in a way that they never have before.
3: Now, there's another way to look at this problem, too. Uh, China, Uh, how are your operations there?
4: Yeah, actually, uh, I heard this morning from our team, and uh, there's actually a return to, to normalcy. And so our plants are fully staffed. Uh, what we're hearing just out and about is that people are are in the communities, our retail business is strong, and the food service business is really starting to, to bounce back. So, you know, it, there is another side to this, and obviously we've got to get through the, the eye of the storm. But we can look to China and see that that we can and will come out of this. Well, if we can just
3: hold on, if people can just hold on to their stock. I know I can't ask anyone not to lose money. But OK, so I've got my black pepper spam. I didn't mean I was making a joke yesterday about the pumpkin spam. I I thought it tasted good. I was just having some fun. Uh, Teriyaki spam. The millennials who are now staying at home and supposed to trying to get us sick. They love your stuff. Now, what is the affinity? Why do they like the teriyaki, uh, the black pepper? They like the, the, I guess, the different varieties.
4: Well, they do, you know, and, and you know, we don't want to be self-serving about this. But, you know, the fact is, even before this uptick in demand, you know, Spam was on track for its sixth consecutive record year. And so we, we've really hit our stride with that brand, even though it's an iconic 80 plus year old brand. I mean, it's connecting with today's consumer in a way that really it never had before. I mean, it's probably more relevant today than it's ever been. Well, and, and so, you know, they're using it as an ingredient. Uh, they're they're frying it. They're, they're using it multiple different ways. And, um, you know, I think it just speaks volumes to how we've been able to build that business and keep it relevant for so many years.
3: 129 years strong, incredible financial strength, but also a heart. You're donating to hunger because of coronavirus, correct?
4: Yeah, yeah, we are, Jim. And, you know, the first thing you touched on was our incredible financial strength. I mean, you know, we've got a rock solid balance sheet, incredible cash flows. And that's really our message to, to our team here is there's there's not a company that's better positioned to weather the storm than Hormel Foods. I mean, this is what we're made for. You know, it's 120 years, 129 years of incredibly rich history. We're compassionate, we're empathetic, we're generous. And we know that in a time like this, our communities are counting on us more than ever. And so we know that we have an obligation to take care of those who take care of us. And you know, this is the, the beginning of our ability to help during this crisis. And it's a million dollar donation to help with the food insecure. And again, we hope it's just the first step in making a big difference.
3: Last question. Uh, I've got in my hands Hormel chili uh, with yep. beans, and it says it's the number one selling chili in America. This is a pure what we call center aisle food. We all heard that everyone had just avoided the center aisle. No one goes there anymore. Could this be an actual change of where people go in the supermarket?
4: Well, You know, we never subscribed to that theory to begin with, Jim. I mean, we we never bought into the story that center of the store was dead. I mean, we had a number of categories that were performing well uh, before this uptick. And I mean, we believe it will continue. And so when you think about spam, you think about Skippy, you think about Hormel Chili, you think about our great authentic Mexican products. I mean, consumers were going there for our products. They were shopping the categories. Um, Obviously, this is a chance for so many of them to reconnect with them. It's not the preferred way. It's not how we, we want consumers to reconnect with them. But, you know, we know that we have a role to fill in the supply chain. We take that responsibility very seriously. And in the midst of this crisis, you know, uh, what leaders do is they lead. And our entire company is taking that very seriously.
3: Gotcha. All right, Jim C., thank you so much uh, for being a stalwart for being there, and for having an unbelievable stock that we've loved because of your dividend policy. We didn't even get to that. That's next time. Thank you so much to Jim Sneed, Chairman President and CEO of Hormel Foods. Skippy Peanut Butter. It's the all-in-one we eat. money's back in. We need to talk about the brightest spot in this dark and stormy economy. Well, it's the stay-at-home Economy stocks. Many of these have roared higher, but some of them have been left behind. Now, Tech Logitech, it's kind of a, a hybrid here. It's the king of computer peripherals like keyboards, mice, headphones, mobile speakers, remote controls, and crucially high end gaming gear. This is a stock that's been hammered along with everything else. It's down 23% from its highs at the end of January. Their supply chains are a mess, and they recently cut their earnings forecast. Going into a normal session, this stock wouldn't be super enticing. And I'm not sure it's the right place to be. But you know what? It does fit the stay-at-home thesis. They make exactly the hardware you need to set up a quality home office, not to mention the kind of gaming equipment that can help you be entertained when you're quarantined. And this market's getting more and more discriminating as the averages were crushed again today. Logitech finished this day in positive territory. What does that mean? Let's check in with Bracken Darrell. He's the president and CEO of Logitech International. I want to get a better sense of what the new normal means for them, Mr. Darrell. Welcome back to Mad Money.
5: Jim, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
3: All right. So, Bracken, first of all, uh, this is obviously a terrible time for everybody in the world. But I'm wondering that there is something that's changing. It turns out that we can work well at home given products that a company like Logitech makes. Are we ever going to go back to the way we were?
5: You know, in our last analyst investor, Day, we went through our three growth businesses which are about 80, 80, 85% of our portfolio. Video conferencing or video everywhere is one of them. The, the conventional desktop is the second and gaming is the third. And I think the reality is that we said there's a secular trend for all of them moving in the direction of more and more. And one of the reasons for that is there's more and more remote work, work from anywhere happening. What we didn't expect was that we would accelerate that trend so dramatically behind this, this pandemic. You know, our products bring kind of community and connection to people when they're at home alone working with other people. And so I really think we're, we're not seeing a change in direction. We're seeing a dramatic acceleration in the direction we believed was happening anyway.
3: Well, one of the things that I've learned is, is that kids sometimes do better schoolwork at home if they have the right equipment. Uh, fanciful or maybe it makes sense?
5: Yeah, you know, I think, I think kids do better work at home when they're next to their mom, their mom or dad at the, at the kitchen table like I was growing up. And big kids like you and me also often do better at home working there. I had a meeting this last week with 28 people on a video call. First time we'd done it by video, every single person was alone in a video call using our webcams. And, and it was the best meeting we've had. And we surveyed afterward, and we're going to keep doing them that way.
3: Go over why that is, because I've been torn... I, I look i 'm not going to be existential in the show, but you know, i 'm a, I'm a high five guy and i 'm a fist bump guy i 'm all the things that that <laughs> you, know, you learn from when you 're in high school. I just care i mean it, it is a little bit of uh, 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 solace isn 't it
5: you know here 's the thing do I, do I believe that the future is all of us working alone in rooms? No, but I do think there's a in a world where you know it 's bad for the environment to hop in your car and drive around. It's, uh, it's also super convenient from a personal standpoint to be home with your kids when you, when you want to be and have that flexibility. I believe that a, lar- a larger and larger percentage of our work lives will be working from home or working from anywhere. It doesn't mean the office will go away. People like you and I thrive on it. But you could also have an amazing experience online in a, in a remarkably casual. I can do almost everything except give you a, a fist bump, uh, from, from the, the comfort of my kitchen table.
3: Well, you know what? Uh, it, it's tough for I mean The stock was up today. I, I know we're intra-quarter. It's difficult for you to discuss Zoom video up another eight bucks. But, I mean, it has got to been a spur to your business, right?
5: You know, look, at the end of the day, we said this in our, just a, a couple of weeks ago. The big driver of our business, the dri- three drivers of our business, video everywhere. Obviously, that's, that's where the world's headed was headed before and it's headed there now during the coronavirus. And, and it will just be an acceleration beyond the desktop is the second one our mice our keyboards our headsets our right. webcams you know that obviously people are duplicating the, what they've got at, at work at home now so so we're there to help them build that build that convenience and then the third one's gaming you know i i just heard the other day that steam on saturday morning broke a record had almost 19.7 million people simultaneously playing video games online that's our third business so all three of our businesses are really well positioned to help people stay connected and, and help build communities as we, as we go forward.
3: Well, it's, you know, I've got a daughter who teaches uh, English in a middle school in Madrid and uh, hasn't been able to get out of her apartment. I gotta go tell her to get wired, maybe play some video games, because she's going stir crazy.
5: Well, I'll tell you one of the things we're doing now, we're putting together a package with partners to try to help teachers like your daughter uh, in select countries by giving them a webcam, giving them a headset at either free or a very discounted price. So that's really our game plan. We really want to be a positive uh, force during this di- really difficult time.
3: Well, I think that's your nature. I mean, I've come to know you over time, and uh, I, the good guys do win. I mean, it's terrific that you're in a place where I know you'll help people beyond just sell stuff, and we all love your equipment. And I do know that the gaming business, I'm in touch with a friend of mine who's saying, listen, Jim, i got to get a hold of NVIDIA. I have so much business. He does online online gaming. We've got, we need the chips. So, I mean, obviously you're in your three trends are what this market wants. And your stock has come down a lot. I'm going to tell people, listen, stay-at-home economy, you can uh, do Logitech as well as you can do Zoom.
5: Well, you know, we, we, we partner with Zoom, so we're part of that of that Zoom story. And we're, you know, at the end of the day, as you said, our three big businesses, all of them are driving a long-term, strong secular growth trends that are accelerated by this current uh, environment. And, you know, we're really here to make sure that people have what they need when they need it so they can stay connected and stay a part of a community while they're alone.
3: Well, look, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, again, uh, the stay-at-home economy is going to be a continual theme for me for the rest of the year because it's not just going to, it's not going to end when this ends, and it, but this will end. That's Bracken Dow I'm the president and CEO of Logic International. Thank you so much. Good to see you.
5: Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeff.
3: Absolutely. Okay, well, look, it's nice. I watch this Zoom go up every day, and I'm thinking, all right, is there another Zoom? Well, Zoom is good. But you know what? Look at this Logitech. They're doing pretty well. Everybody's back after for the break. It is time. It's time for the light. <laughs> And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Steve? time over the lightning round because we to start with Eric in Pennsylvania. Eric, Jimmy, chill. How are you? The chill is doing well. How about you? Good, good. You're a true American hero.
4: <laughs> Long-time follower, beginner investor, uh, looking to understand with uh, work, work remote, learn remote. Hitting hard is a buy? K twelve.
3: You know, I, I, look, it's a great concept, but if you want to do remote, I'm still going to have to send you to Zoom. Even though zooms up a lot, they are doing so, so well. Let's go to Brian in Colorado. Brian! Professor Kramer, I heard some uh, pretty disturbing comments about Blackstone today. What's really? going on there? Well, you know, uh, they are they're very professional. The stock is up a tremendous amount of, uh, up now, uh, and then it's just coming down a little bit. I know that they've got some private equity that may not be working out, but I think they're a very good company. I would not be a seller here. I would not be a seller. I'm 35, maybe you'd be a buyer. Let's go to Pete in Delaware, please, Pete.
1: Hey, Jim, how you doing?
3: Ah, Pete, I, don't know, I got clocks in my I think.
1: I hear you, I hear you. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm interested in your opinion. I've been accumulating this thing for a couple of years. IACorp, IBA. What do you think? You know what?
3: It's it, it, it's utility. I mean, if we're going to be in utilities, we're going with Con Ed. Wait, boy, that stock was up 18, what, 18%, you say? Uh, AP, or we'll go with Dominion. We, we went low risk, low risk, low risk. We're not trying to hit the ball out of the park. Dominion, 4.6% yield. I like that. I need to go to Renato in Florida. Renato.
1: Hey, Jim, thank you so much for taking my call. You're Please, welcome. Booyah, Florida. Booyah been a long time, Paul. I've been following you since the days of Kudlow and Kramer.
3: Oh, my. Hey, Larry's doing his best down there. Oh, now I'm going to get blasted because I said that. I don't care. What's up?
1: <laughs> Listen, Jim, I've owned this stock for a while, and I'm still holding it. so I'm still making a little bit of money on it, but I wanted to know, is it too late to dump Southwest Airlines?
3: I am going to def- One of the greatest business people in the world is Gary Kelly. And... Sam, if I'm going to say sell his stock down here, even though I think it's going lower, he deserves better. Not doing it. Let's go, Paul in Texas. Paul. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Paul. I'm wondering if my company is safe and if possibly an accidental high-yield or a little over 8%.
1: Principal Financial Group.
3: I remember we went to Kelly School of Business uh, in the great state of Indiana, and I taught a little class there. And what someone said to me was, how about buying Principal Financial? I said, ah, they're goners. And the guy then it just went to triple. So I don't know. I'm kind of in your camp. I'm not giving up on these guys either. Everyone's giving up on everything. I'm not giving up. I don't know. Too many smart people doing a lot of good things. Let's go to Tom in Florida, please. Tom. Hey, Jim. How you doing? Good. How uh, are you? A time listener. Oh, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Thanks to you guys. I just wanted to take thank a you. second and thank you, that big, beautiful brain of yours and your Ugh. team, for the advice. Over the last two years, oh, I've doubled the value She's of my portfolio. Idiot. I'm sorry, go ahead. What? No, you're not. Thank Over you. the last two years, I doubled the value of my portfolio, and I'm a long term investor. And what I'm looking to add, and I've begun adding today okay. uh, to my portfolio, is Uber. Uh, well, we're, we're, we're trying to look at Nelson Chavez, great CFO. OK, but we, we got to be like the financials have to be so steady here. I got companies with AAA balance sheets that were shedding points like there was no tomorrow. So as much as I like to drive Uber, I'm going to have to say maybe it's not high quality enough, not with a lot of great stocks that are really, really well. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the lightning round.
2: The lightning round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
3: This was another horrific day for the averages, but it was absolutely soul-crushing for the restaurant stocks. Aside from the cruise lines, no industry has been hit harder than the restaurants. Boy, they employ a lot of people. They're doing even worse than the airlines. All over the country, state and local governments are telling restaurants to close because we need to stop the spread of the pandemic. That's the right call, even though it's ruinous for these businesses. The restaurant industry employs roughly 15 million people nationwide, nearly a tenth of the total workforce. Not all of these jobs are in danger. You're still allowed to do takeout and delivery, you know, from Starbucks. But we're already seeing massive layoffs, and they're only going to get worse the longer this goes on. I got tons of letters from different companies today in this business, and they're gone. Tonight, I want to give you a window into the devastation, and that's why we're going to go off the charts, a little segment here with the help of Bob Black, founder of ExplosiveOptions.net, as well as being a brilliant technician. He's in the all-star duo behind the Street.com's Trifecta Stocks newsletter. And he also wrote a great book called Know Your Options. Uh, and we've got to use it to take a closer look at a couple of the, the majors uh, that we, uh, the, you know, the ones that you dine and you have a waitress and stuff, or a waiter. Brinker and Darden. These are the charts of their pain, possibly even the charts of their destruction. You know Darden is the parent of Olive Garden. They employ 178,000 people. Brinker is the parent of Chili's. They employ 57,000 people. Their stocks have been wrecked here. and Lang thinks there's more pain ahead. At some point, people will come back, but that could take longer than you'd expect. Even when the clampdown ends, and that could take weeks or months, consumers will still be worried about COVID-19. You don't need to hear it from me, though. I'll let the technicals tell you the story. Take a look at the daily chart of Brinker, symbol EAT, which people aren't. A month ago, the stock was at 40 bucks. A week ago, it was at 21 Now it's at $7. Another horrific session. Raised to 11% of the company's value. Wouldn't you think it could bounce? After trading sideways for weakest as the pandemic swept through China, Brinker collapsed starting in late February, and it's been downhill. Ever since the relative strength index, the moving average convergence divergence indicator, a couple of tools that measure momentum, they are both extremely bearish. No bounce, no bounce. The shake money flow. Look at this. The check money flow measures buying, selling pressure. It's been negative territory since late January. Get some people extrapolated COVID pretty quickly. Every time it looks like Brinker should be due for an oversold bounce, the stock just keeps falling. And why not? The government's forcing them to shutter a huge part of their business. And, and we have no idea how long that's going to last. Lang says you need to sell into any kind of bounce. Oh, my. All right. Now, here's one. This is devastating to me because everybody knows I like Olive Garden. I always wear those cargo pants to get the rolls. Good, uh, uh, never any salve, but you know what? I've been telling you to avoid this group like a plague for a reason. A month ago, Darden it was at a hundred and twenty dollars. A week ago, it was at 70 Uh and now it's at $34. After a nightmare session today, we're plunging nearly 20%. That is a stunning move for a company with such a consistent long-term track record. Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, Capital Grill, I love that joint. They got a uh, 430-calorie sushi plate that's so amazing. Uh, How about the heck are they supposed to make money when the government says, you're not allowed to go there? Like they're like quarantine, for heaven's sake. Now, Lang notes that Darden's chart has some powerful signals that in normal times might mean it's two for a bounce. Relative strength index, well, let's just call that extremely oversold, right? Uh, but Lang's adamant this is not a buy signal. Just like with Brinker, he recommends selling into any kind of strength. Me, I hope you don't. I, 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 I hope you don't know any of these because I've been warning you away for weeks about them. I wanted to walk you through the chart so you could see the full extent of the damage and destruction and think about the workers at these places and how little they have, and hopefully they'll get help. If this is how big, well-funded restaurant chains are doing. Imagine how the small businesses are holding up, like my now-closed loves, the longshoremen. And Bar San Miguel closed. Bottom line, we need the government to tie the restaurants over until this hiatus and the economy comes to an end and to tie the workers over. Otherwise, they are going to be catastrophic layoffs, and nobody wants that. Fortunately, the White House and Congress are working on it. But now you know why it needs to happen. It's a visual, and it tells the whole story. Stick with Kramer. One message, Washington think big. I like to say there's always a bull market summer and I promise to find it just for you right here on man money. I'm Jim Kramer. I will see you tomorrow. Our special Markets in Turmoil starts right now.